Good evening. It's good to see you, and thank you all for coming out here. The, the weather's kind of dreary and, and messy, and when I, when I came out this evening on my way here, I noticed that it had been raining, and then it started to rain as I, as I came closer, and I was like, I know we need the rain, but when is it going to stop, Amen. Amen. And and I wonder if, you know, as as the time went on, if Pastor began to look at his watch and go, where is she? Is she going to make it? You know, and, and then he probably said, what do I have prepared just in case she doesn't come running through the door on time? Amen. Amen. But I'm here. Praise God. Uh, hallelujah. I am here. You know, I left my I left my location at 25 after six at a dead run, you know, and I was gathering up. And, you know, when I when I travel for work, sometimes I, I have a whole lot of stuff. I mean, and it spreads out. I can't seem to control it. It sort of has a life of its own, and it starts to spread out. And then I had to collect it all, you know, the computer and the power cord and the mouse and the mouse pad and all the files, the notebook, the pens, and I'm just gathering. I don't know whether I have my stuff or somebody else's stuff, but you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. When they call me and say something's missing, I'll go through my bag, you know, and say, well, I picked it up by accident because I was in a hurry. Uh, to make it out here tonight. Amen? Amen. Um, as I began to, I was out skating one day, and I was listening to Bill Winston, and Bill Winston was teaching and everything, and as he was teaching on, on a subject, it, it came to me about the ABCs. You know, all of us have learned the ABCs, and I threatened Phyllis that I was going to have her sing that song because you definitely don't want that on tape with me singing it. But anyway, just, you know, so we won't sing it. I was going to have all of you sing it as well. And I said to myself, I said, uh, I don't know. Um, but anyway, Phyllis, sing the ABC song for us. Yeah, I'm going to have her do it anyway. Come on. See if you know it. <laughs> it's been a while, right? Come on. Come on, join in. Come on, feel free. Listen how she says that. <laughs> Next. There you go. But did you see that elemental P just kind of ran together there? I love that part of it. But the, the purpose of that is that the ABCs, for, in the world's perspective, are taught in order. You learn A is for apple, B is for ball, C is for cat, D is for dog, and, you know, and up to Z. You know, and they kind of don't know what to do with X sometimes, you know, but, you know, they get there. But it's an order, and it's like the world has an order for stuff. And I began to think about that, and the thing that I found out is that God has an order too, but it's different from the world's, you know, because you learn A for apple and A is first, one is first, you know, one is, you know, all of this, but with God, that's not the way, you know, God says, give and it shall be given to you. The world says, hoard it all up and save it for yourself. You know, God says, put you, I mean, the world says, put you first and God says, put you last that you're supposed to esteem others. 
You know, and the world said, you just grab up all the things that you can. His order is very, very different. And that amazed me as I began to think about this. And that's why tonight's teaching is called God's ABCs. Because God's ABCs don't go in that order. If you notice, for me, the first letter in God's alphabet is a B. (laughs) To me, the first letter in God's alphabet is a B. From where I'm going. Now some people might say it's F. For faith. It could be. But for this teaching and this night. Since I'm, I'm here. It's B. And that B stands for believe. God first wants us to believe. We must first accept that God is who he says that he is. And that he is able to do what he says he will do. That's the first thing you have to do. Is believe. You can't do anything in God's order or in God's world until you believe. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is, the, it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Who believes? For the Jew first and also for the Greek. But the first thing you have to do is believe that God is who he says he is. In Hebrews eleven six it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is, that he exists, that he's there, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now let me ask you this. You know, you talk about believing before we move on. You hear or see in the newspaper The week before Black Friday, Target is selling 52-inch flat screens. High definition. You know, the top of the line, $150. How many of you are out there at midnight Thanksgiving in line? Come on, be honest. There we go. We got two honest people in the room. But the reason that you're out there is because you believe what you read in the paper. If you didn't believe it, you wouldn't go out there. Now, see, me, I wouldn't go out there because I would know that they had two. And there's a thousand people in line, you know, wraps around the target two, three times. And there's two televisions. I wouldn't even waste my time because I don't believe that that's going to happen, that I'm going to be able to get this 52-inch high-definition flat screen for $150. I just don't believe it, so I'm not going to waste my time. So if you don't believe it, you don't go. You don't go. So that's why you first have to believe, because there are some things that you have to do because you believe. Matthew 9, 28 says, And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? You know, and Jesus would ask people a lot of times, what do you want me to do? So he would know what it is that they believe that he could do. That's why he did it. What do you believe that Jesus is able to do? If you don't believe that Jesus can do it, you're not going to ask for it. You're not going to ask for it because you don't believe he can give it to you. Or he can do it for you. Amen? So you have to believe. And so God's alphabet starts with B in my book. 
It doesn't start with A. It starts with B. In 29, and he says, do you believe that I am able to do this for you? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open and Jesus sternly warned them saying, see that no one knows. But they said, yes, Lord, we believe that you can do this. Yes, I believe there's a there's a 52 inch flat screen at Target for me. I'm going to be out there in the line. Because I've teased Phyllis a many a time day after day after Thanksgiving, she in line somewhere. Did you get what you went for? Well, they have run out. See, you wasted all that time, stood in line, and you still didn't get it. And all them crazy people out there stumbling over people and stomping them and carrying on, off of this stuff. So they believe that they can get it. They believe that Target had it. So we need to believe that Jesus has it or that God has it so we can get our stuff. Amen? Mark eleven twenty two, and you're familiar with this. So Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God. That's why I said, you know, God's alphabet may start with F for faith, faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We have to believe. Just like when it's written in the, in the newspaper, just like it's written or when the doctor says, comes with a bad report and you believe him because of his years of study and he's seen all this stuff and he knows all this stuff, just like you believe when he tells you, yeah, you've got a sinus infection or yeah, you've got an ear infection or yeah, you got this or yeah, you got that. We believe that. We need to believe the word of God the same exact way. You have to first do that or you're not going to get what's in here for you. And we have to understand that. It's harder. I don't know why, because I'm not speaking just to you guys about it being hard. I'm saying it's hard for me, too, sometimes to believe. I don't know why, because the word of God gives us all these examples. But I don't know whether we think, well, you know, that was then. This is now, you know, or they did something special. But no, they didn't do anything special. If you look at like David, you know, because I, I look at David a lot sometimes, especially when I'm looking for somebody who wasn't quite perfect, you know, because, you know, Moses wasn't perfect and everything. But, you know, then he got on board with God. Then he seemed to be pretty perfect to me. But maybe that's just me. But David, I mean, David made mistakes all over the place. And still God was just blessing him and blessing. I'm not telling you go out and make all these mistakes now. We're supposed to learn from this. But I'm just saying, you look at David and go, well, wait a minute. There's David. Why not me? Amen? Saul was out there killing Christians. Why not me? I haven't killed anybody. But look at all that he was blessed. Because they believed God. They believed God. The next letter, I think, in God's alphabet is C, for confess. The Greek word for confess is homologio and is defined as to say the same thing as another. It just means to say the same thing as another. We have a choice 
in that we can say what God says or we can say what the world says. Those are your choices. That's it. You say what God says or you say what the world says. And saying is really important. You know, I put in into my, my study tool the words God says, and it came up 44 times in 44 different verses that God says, God says. So I said, well, I'm going to pick the one I like. When you guys teach, you pick the one you like. But the one I like is God himself in Genesis 1 demonstrates what can happen when you speak. And since we do what our father does, we should understand what can happen when we speak. In Genesis, it says, he says, let there be light. Let there be a filament. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. I mean, all through Genesis 1, let there be. God says, let there be. God says, let there be. God says, do this. God says, do that. And if we are going to follow the example of Jesus Christ, who says, I do what I see the Father do, Jesus was about saying stuff too. Jesus demonstrated. He spoke to the fig tree. He spoke to the wind. You know, he spoke to all these inanimate, what we think are inanimate objects. So Jesus demonstrated the power of speaking as well. And that's what confessing is, is to say the same thing as someone else. Now, you can say the same thing as the world. Oh, woe is me. I'm sick and tired. How many of you, you know, go, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so sick. I'm so broke. You know? I don't have, oh man, you know, we all do it. We all do it, okay? But we have a choice. We can say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, I'm not saying deny that you're tired. Yeah, you can be tired, but you don't have to stay tired. Yes, you don't have, you don't feel well. You don't have to stay not feeling well, amen? But it's all about what you confess. Hebrews 10.23 says, well, I want to get to Proverbs 18.21 first. Proverbs 18.21 clearly tells us the power of speaking because it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. So you have a choice. Do you want death? Do you want life? As for me and my house, I want some life going on in there. And I want the life, the Zoe life, the abundant life that God has promised, the good life. Because it says that you will eat. It says you will eat its fruit, who love it and will eat its fruit. Fruit's good. We've been learning about the fruit of the spirit. You know, meekness, gentleness, all of that. And all of that stuff is good. It's good. It's good for us. It helps us. Amen? Amen. In Hebrews 10.23, it says, hmm, I didn't do that one. I think I gave it to you. Yeah. Let us hold fast. The, oh, we know this one. This one should sound familiar from Sunday. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. Let us hold fast the confession. The confession, what we say of our hope. 
What are you saying about your hope? What are you saying about your health? What are you saying about your children? What are you saying about your job? What are you saying about your husband? What are you saying about your car? You know, I heard Bill Winston say, um, you know, uh, he said to somebody, oh, God gave you a new car. Oh, uh, no, you have a new car. And they said, oh, yeah, this is God's car. He said, well, you haven't taken possession of it. No wonder the devil trying to tear it up. And that we have to confess Yes, God gave me this car. God gave me this blessing. You need to take possession of it by your confession. Your confession says, what are you possessing? I am confessing health. I want to possess that. Amen? Wealth, wisdom. What is it that you want to hold fast to? Then that's what you need to be confessing. You have a choice. Confess God or confess the world. There's no gray area in between on that one. Amen? You know, because we always, you know, we tease, I tease the young people about them looking for gray area. You know, they're always looking for the gray area or want some explanation about the gray area. You know, it's either God or the world. Nothing in between. No gray. Amen? So we need to be about and understanding what we're confessing. Mark eleven twenty three. Um, says um, in the last part of that, it says, uh, but believes that those, those things, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. So we need to be very, very careful about what we say. Saying is powerful. Saying sets some things in motion. Saying sets powers in motion above you and you know one time i you know we talked about this and i think it was in a uh, study the word class and you know phyllis asked pastor how is it that when you when we say bad stuff we get that quicker than good stuff you know when you say you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm healed and the aches and the pains are still there but say you sick, bam, you got the flu. Oh, <coughs> you got the flu. Why is that? And pastor's response to that we thought was pretty interesting because it kind of stopped us in our tracks and we sort of like went like that. And he said to us, that's because there's no opposition to the bad stuff. There's nothing that opposes. <coughs> I got the flu. Hey, you want the flu? Got it. But there's opposition when we say, when we confess what we believe. And that belief and that confession is in line with God's word. Remember that the angel that was bringing the answer to Daniel, he said, I was constrained. Something stopped that answer for a while. But then I looked at Jesus. And nothing seemed to stop Jesus' answer. I'm still trying to go, okay, I want to know what you were doing. You know, because everything it seemed like Jesus said he got. He needed tax money. He said, go catch your fish. How many of you going to catch the fish to get your tax money? You know, but I think it's all about just doing what God says to do. Being so connected to God that when the spirit of God rises up on the inside of you and you say, Lord, I need tax money. He said, okay, I want you to give that hundred dollars 
to sister so-and-so over there, you go and give the $100 to sister so-and-so, and when the tax bill comes, you go, Lord, you got a tax bill. Because you told me to get $100, and I did what you said. And then he's faithful. He's faithful to come through on that. Amen? Amen. That's, I think, is the difference that we need to believe and confess those things that God says and that we're believing for God for. Amen? Amen. The last one in my ABCs, see, God and I, the world and God have the same C. No, they don't. I'm sorry. The last one is act. So God's ABCs go BCA. BCA. Believe, confess, and act. Because you have to do something. We have to act or do something that will show others what we believe and what we confess. If you don't do anything, then what... How do they know what you believe? Amen. Exodus 23, 22 says, but if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. There's that speaking part again. Do all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. How many of you know that sickness is an enemy? It's an enemy, ain't it? Isn't it? Poverty or or lack is an enemy because then you can't do what you want to do. And God wants you to do what you want to do. Those things are enemies. And God says that he will be an, an enemy against those. In Joshua 23, 6, it says, Therefore, be courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. To do all that is written in the book of Moses. We're supposed to do something. We're supposed to act on what we believe, what we have confessed. Amen? And now, you know, there are so many examples in the word of God of people who did all three. Who did all three of these things. And we're going to look at them because I, I love these, these examples. That's why they're in the book. They're in the book for us to learn from. We can learn from good. We can learn from bad. But we're supposed to learn from these examples. Each and every one of them. In Joshua 2, we have the example of Rahab. And it says, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard... How the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings, two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. They believed what they heard. They immediately believed what they heard. It says because our hearts melted. Something happened. They believed what they heard. If they hadn't believed what they heard about this people, what, 
who are you? Why am I afraid of you? I don't know anything about you. Who are you? But they believed what they heard and their hearts melted. Neither there, there, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. She just confessed what she believed. She confessed what she believed. And she believed that for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. She's an unbeliever. Rahab is a harlot. She's a prostitute. And she believes. And it goes on to say what she did because of that belief. Because of what she believed, what she confessed, she acted on it. And she is in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Savior. Amen? Amen. In Matthew 9, we have the woman with the issue of blood, a very familiar story to you. And it says, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. She believed because by rights, this woman should have never left her house. She should have never left her house. She had an issue of blood. She was considered unclean. She should have never left home. But she believed that Jesus could do this thing. She believed that just by touching the hem of his garment, she would be made well. She confessed it to herself. She said, if I do this thing, I know I'm going to be made well. And then her action was to leave her house, press through the crowd that was surrounding Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. That was her action. She believed, she confessed, and she acted. That's what we have to do. We have to believe, we have to confess, and then we have to act. I think the act part might be our hardest thing of saying to ourselves, well, what is it that I need to do? Well, see, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the Holy Spirit will come in and tell you exactly what you should do. In Mark 10, 46, blind Bartimaeus, it says, Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knows that Jesus, he believes that Jesus can do something. He believes that Jesus can do something. Have mercy on him, he says. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. See, he wasn't stopped by the people around us. How many times will we get stopped by people around us? Oh, I'll look foolish. I'll sound crazy. Well, guess what? So do they sometimes. But why is it that we're ashamed to sound crazy for God? Or sound crazy about the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know what? I figure we need equal time. You know, I heard the, uh, you know, Connie told us that at the Women's Fellowship. She said, you know, they were somewhere and the people were cursing and carrying on like crazy. And, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Joe Osteen's father. 
jumped up and started praising God in the middle of it all. You know, people just carrying on. He jumps up. He starts, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody's looking at me. He said, well, I think we deserve equal time. And that's the truth. We deserve equal time. You know, everybody's running around, talk, being able to say whatever they want to. But as soon as the Christian gets up there and says something, then something wrong with us. No, we deserve equal time, too. That's my thing. You know, we deserve equal, equal time. So blind Bartimaeus, he's like, uh-uh, you're not going to hush me because my blessing is over here. The thing that I require and desire or I want is over here. And I'm not going to let you stop me by telling me to be quiet. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, blind Bartimaeus, he blind, he hasn't been healed yet, throws off his blind man's cloak, the thing that, that signifies him as a blind person. Now, if he doesn't get healed, and I think I heard pastor say this, how's he going to find it? You know, and, you know, folk be stealing stuff. Oh, nice coat. I think I'll just take this for myself here. You know, how's he going to find it? But he does something. He believed that Jesus could do this thing. He confessed it. You are, you know, Jesus, son of David, he's confessing it. Have mercy on me. So when Jesus says, come here, he go, hey, I'm not going to need this later. Because I know that he's going to do what I need him to do. Amen. So he says, what do you want me to do for you? And I love that. You know, I'm, I'm always fascinated when we come up on an example where Jesus goes, what do you want me to do, do for you? It's like, I'm blind, Lord. Come on. Can't you see? But again, it gets back to confessing. What is it that you believe that Jesus can do for you? If, you, if, if it's to go to the doctor when you're sick, then confess that what the doctor is going to do for you is going to work. And it's going to work the first time. You ain't going to have to go back ten times. Or that the medicine, because I had one guy prescribe, I had a woman prescribe something. I had the flu. And she prescribed the antibiotic for this, for this flu. And the label said, don't take with food. Now, I didn't call anybody. I just, you know, believed the label. And I took this medication without food. And wondered why I was so sick. I was worse after the medicine. I would wake up, get ready to go to work, take the medicine, and all but fall down. So after three days, I did this three days. <laughs> three days. Felt better till I took the medicine. Felt better till I took the medicine for three days. I finally called her. I said, um, listen, this medicine you prescribed, I'm not so sure about this. And I said, it said to not to take food with it. She goes, oh, no, that's wrong. She says, I'm sending you another prescription. I went, don't bother. It's just going to run its course at this point in time because I'm not trusting anything. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, here on this label, don't take with food. I believe that label. And that's what I acted on. And then I was sick three more days. I was sick three more days. So, you know, it's all about that. And blind Bartimaeus was like, hey, I don't need this cloak. 
But when I got to Jesus and Jesus goes, what do you want me to do? Hmm. Let me think about that a minute. Hmm. You know, but that's the thing. What is it that you believe that Jesus can do for you? And he says, Rabone, that I may receive my sight. So he tells Jesus, this is what I want. I want my sight. And you know what? We need to be just that, just that bold and that basic. What is it that you want? Don't be pussyfooting around on the thing. Lord, this is what I want. I believe you can do it. I'm confessing to everybody that I talk to. I may walk with a limp, but I'm going to stop walking with a limp. I believe in God that I'm not going to limp no more. And then straighten yourself up. Straighten yourself up. Do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do about it. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I like that part, that he followed Jesus on the road. See, a lot of people got their healing and went, see you, Jesus. Thanks. Thanks for the healing. He's a good guy. And I'm going to tell a whole lot of people about you. Blind part of man has followed him. Because he figured, hey, there's something else in here, I'm sure. Amen? So, you know, it, 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 when we receive like that, when we act and then it comes to pass, it's a, it's a builder of our faith. It's a strength builder. Well, hey, I got that. What else is out there for me? Amen? And that's all right, because that's what God wants. That's what God wants. He wants to give you the kingdom. He wants you to have the kingdom because you having the kingdom glorifies him to the world. It glorifies him to the world. So the, the world goes, how'd you get that, Jim? And you go, I believe God. I confessed. I did what he told me to do. And here it is. That leads them to Jesus. That leads them to the Father. Amen? Amen. David, I told you, you know, I got this thing about David. Ever since Pastor did the study on David, I got this thing about David. And just recently when we were doing uh, the, the study about the confession of your hope, he brought aspects of David in. So I went back to that and looked at that. And in 1 Samuel 17, 26, it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's confessing. These are the armies of the living God. And who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is? You know, that's what I say sometimes to my body. Who do you think you are that you would try to exalt yourself above the knowledge and the word of God? You know, or as Noel says on occasion, dirt. You're dirt, you know, because, you know, from the dust you came, the dust you'll return. You're dirt. But yeah, you have to say that. Who do you think you are that you would try to exalt yourself above what God has promised, what God has said in his word? But David said to Saul, your servant used to be used to keep his father's sheep. And this is 1734. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, used 
to keep, used to keep. And as Pastor said, he was probably keeping them just that morning before he left town. But he's already moved on, and he's confessing who he is now. He's confessing who he is. He's believing what God has said about him. He's been anointed to be king at this point. And now he's confessing, I used to be a sheep keeper. I used to watch out for the flocks, but I don't do that anymore. In 1 Samuel 17, 40, he says, Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He believes and he's confessing. I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come at you with the name of the Lord. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, confessing what he believes, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give you the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Amen. You know, when you believe and confess, hey, act. I mean, here's this little guy, this scrawny guy, big old Philistine. You know, somebody at your job, somebody in your neighborhood, big, big mouth, big in stature, you know, whatever is big about him. You know, and here are you. But you've got the mighty God on your side. And that is how you need to act. As if you have, and you do have, the big bad God on your side. Because Romans says, if God be for you, who can be against you? No one. No one can be against you. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hastened and ran towards the army to meet the Philistines. David ran towards them. We need to take a run and start towards stuff with the word of God. Instead of backpedaling away from it, we need to be like David and run towards it. The woman with the issue of blood pressed towards it, didn't let the crowd stop her. I mean, she must have had to fight through this thing. And remember, she shouldn't have left her house. She should have never left her house. But she didn't let that stop her. David didn't let it stop him because he believed in the living God. He confessed and he knew what to do. God told him what to do. Even though it doesn't say here that God told him to pick up those those stones and take your slingshot and go at it. We know that that's, that's what it was. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his head so that the stone, st- 
stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand. And then you read it on that David cut off his head. Then David cut off his head, just like he said he was going to do. Amen. And all because he believed, he confessed. And then based on that belief and that confession, he went to work. He went to work. If I command a mountain, a formidable circumstance or barrier, to be moved and cast into the sea and have no doubt that it will happen, it will happen. Everything that I believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, and have actions in line with the word will become a reality for me. Amen? Amen. And before I close, I've got a, an example closer to home of this principle. Uh, and it started last night. Last night, um, I was in prayer during my prayer time. And I've decided for, for prayer, and, you know, this was just something for me, that I would get down on my knees and spend my time in prayer. Well, as I got down on my knees and I bowed my head, all of a sudden, you know, the world kind of tilted a little bit, kind of went around a little bit. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. You know, and I didn't think any more of it. Well, I got ready for bed, and I got into bed, and the minute I turned over, because I usually sleep on my side, the minute I turned over, the world spun. And um, the only way I can describe this for those of you who are in the world who uh, used to partake of alcoholic beverages is that if you were drunk, you know, and you lay down, the world started to, the room started to spin. You know, you would tell people, oh, the room is spinning. Well, that's what was happening. And every time I turned over, that happened. This morning, I got up. I had a, I was supposed to be at a station this morning at 7.30. I got up at 6. And when I got out of bed, I started towards the bathroom this way. Well, the bathroom is this way. It's not this way. And so I kind of wobbled and weaved and everything into the bathroom. And I'm sitting there, and the world is still tilting. And I'm like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. So I said, I think I need to go back to bed. So I go back to bed, and sure enough, I flip over on my side, and the world's still. <laughs> well, you know, when the world is spinning, it upsets your stomach. You know, those tilt-a-whirl rides? <laughs> you come out, your stomach's a little upset, amen? And then you get a headache. So this, this went on for a number of hours. I finally got out of bed, and I had to get my phone list. And if you could have seen me getting this phone list, because I could not walk a straight line. It just wasn't happening. You know, it was sort of like one of these. And, you know, so anyway, but I get the phone list. I make some phone calls, and I go back to bed. And uh, my doctor called yesterday. He called about some other tests yesterday. So I said, oh, when, he, when I call him back, I'll talk to him about this world spinning thing that's going on. Well, I finally get in his office at 930, and they tell me the doctor isn't in today. And I'm thinking to myself, I am not about to feel this bad for two days. It just is not going to happen. I said, I know somebody who's in their office now. I went to, I was like, what do you believe, Ethel? What do you believe? 
What I believe is by his stripes I'm healed. That's what I believe. I believe that I've received healing power when hands were laid on me in the past. So I have healing power inside of me. That's what I believe. I began to confess that out loud while I laid there in the bed and the world was tilting on its axis for me. But I continued to confess what I believe. But, you know, I laid there. You know, I just kept laying there, confessing all I want to. I was like, yes, I'm confessing. And I laid there. And I was like, I'll call the doctor tomorrow. And then I remembered this teaching I was going to do with you guys tonight. (laughs) I was like, well, Lord, I thought I needed a life example, but I didn't think you'd give me one this quick. What was the action that was needed? That was the part I was missing. I had no action other than the simple fact that I was going to wait and call the doctor or Wednesday. I'm like, no, 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 that can't be the action. The action was to get up. I got up. I got myself together. I got, you see me dressed. You see me standing before you. I got in my car and drove. I went to work. I arrived in my office at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, let everybody know I was back, had a couple instances where the world tilted, and I was like, oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. And I'm here before you today. I'm here before you tonight, healed in the name of Jesus. All because of I believed, I confessed, and I acted. Hallelujah. And I didn't even put on flat shoes for fear I was going to tilt over. Hey, I'm not a flat shoes kind of gal. Amen? So I say to you, I stand before you tonight as an example, first of all. But I say to you that if you believe that Jesus is able to do it or has already done it for you and it's promised to you in here and you confess that, And you continue to confess it because sometimes you might need to confess it more than once. You might need to confess it over and over again. You set some things in motion. It says that the word shall not return void back to God. So if you confess the word, that means it can't return void. It's got to accomplish that which God has set out for it to accomplish. Amen? And then you act. Ask God, what is the action? What is the action based on this confession, on my belief that I have? And see it come to pass. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you believing God for? Like the, the, like, like Jesus would say, what would you have me to do? Tonight, Jesus is asking you, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And then you need to confess it. Confess it right now and say, Lord, I'm confessing what I believe, that you are able to do this thing for me. You have already done it for me. Jesus did it on the cross. He showed me how to do it as an example when he walked the earth as a man and God because that was why he was here, to be our example, to show us how it's done here in these circumstances, in this situation. And then, Lord, I'm going to act on what your spirit tells me to do. Amen? That's what you need to do. And that's what we need to do tonight. So whatever it is, 
Whatever it is, get it in your mind. Get your confession right. Get the words right so that we're saying the same thing that God says. If it's that you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, confess that. If God be for me, who can be against me? Confess that. If it's by his stripes I am healed, confess that. And then say, Lord, what would you have me to do so that the world may know what I believe and what I have confessed? Father God, tonight we just come before you as your children, understanding that, Father God, if we believe that it can be done by you, through you, Father God, that all things are possible. It says in the word that all things, all things, that, and it also says there is nothing impossible for our God. So, Father God, we confess right now that there's nothing impossible for you and that all things are possible and that you are a God who is able to do above that which we could even ask or think, Father God. You can do it, Lord. And because you can do it, we're going to confess it to whoever we come to. Like I did today when people said, how did you get well? I had to step out there boldly and say, I believe that God can heal and will heal. And I'm confessing that I'm healed. And here I stand before you today. Here I stand before you today. So I confessed it, Lord. I was not ashamed to confess it. I was bold about it, Lord. I laughed and glorified you in the workplace today. And Father God, that's what we will do. That's what we will do. And then sit back, Father God, and watch the power of God descend in our lives, in our jobs, in our homes, wherever we go, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen.